And I want to talk about the battle of the mind this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're probably going to go a few services at least with this. It's been about five years, I think, since I've done this series. And uh, just kind of led by the Holy Spirit, the last few messages I've been preaching have kind of been leading into this. And uh, I think it was last Sunday that I talked about uh, the baggage we carry. And I've been talking about the presence of God. And there's so many obstacles to having God really move in our lives. And probably the biggest one would be our minds. Okay? I want to give you just a few things to think about this morning before we get into the Word. Some interesting facts. Some of these things are hard to believe. I didn't make them up. But uh, they're, they're still interesting nonetheless. Your brain is capable of recording about 800 memories per second for 75 years without ever getting tired. That's a pretty crazy fact. When you throw a ball to somebody, their mind makes 732 million calculations just to catch the ball. That's amazing. In a study, listen to this, this is the power of the mind. In a study, a group of experimenters were given unlabeled, now some of you will really relate to this, unlabeled samples of Pepsi and Coke. Okay, unlabeled. They began to drink them. Not a single tester could tell the difference between Pepsi and Coke. They were all wrong. The test was repeated with the correct labels attached, and then three out of the four testers chose Coke. In fact, the Coke label activated parts of the brain associated with the mind that the Pepsi label didn't. Why did they choose Coke? Because their mind has seen the Coke sign so much that it automatically chooses Coke. It's not even really a taste thing. These are things to get you to understand how our mind works. Amen? Here's an important fact. We have anywhere from 20 to 60,000 thoughts a day. A day. Now, I looked at this, and I didn't just grab the first number. I looked at a lot of different uh, uh, sites and and things online and saw many different numbers. And so 20 was about the lowest I saw. 60 was about the highest. Probably, obviously, depends on each individual person. But this is a huge range of 20 to 60,000 thoughts a day, meaning every minute you're having 20 to 50 thoughts. Every minute. And obviously our mind doesn't really register to our mind itself how much we're thinking. But scientifically we are thinking a lot. Now I'll give you one more thing to think about. Here's a, a bathtub test. Okay? It doesn't hurt to take a hard look at yourself every once in a while. Amen? This should get you, get, help, get you help started. During a visit to the mental asylum, a visitor asked the director what the criteria was that defined if a person should or should not be a patient to be institutionalized. Well, said the doctor, we fill up a bathtub. And then we offer a teaspoon, a teacup, and a bucket to the patient and ask him or her to empty the bathtub. What would you use, they asked the person. Oh, I understand, said the visitor. A normal person would use the bucket because it's bigger than the spoon or the teacup. No, said the director, a normal person would just pull the plug. Do you want a bed near the window is the question that comes next. Amen? See how our mind works? I'm going to be honest. When I first read that, I was thinking, I didn't think about the plug. I might have thought about it if I was in there, but how many get what I'm saying? Our minds are, are, are wild, and our minds go a lot of different places, and our minds, there's the old saying, the mind is a what? 
powerful thing. So as we get into this and I get you some scriptures here, I want to get you to understand that everything you are and everything you do and every decision you make starts right here in the mind. Okay? And a lot of the stuff that we go through and a lot of the mistakes we make or a lot of the good things we do all start when we're winning the battle of the mind. If you're in your walk with God and you have times of struggle where you feel like you're not doing the right things or you're not making it, not always, but a lot of the times it has to do with the mind battle that's going on inside of you and you're possibly losing the mind battle. Okay? So I want to try to give you some real... Uh, helpful things this morning, real helpful scriptures about how to keep our minds right. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 is one of the first verses I want you to read, and it says in verse 23, say amen if you're there. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless, At the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, he who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Father, I pray for your word this morning in the next few moments that we're here together as a body. I pray that you would anoint your word. I pray that you would help us this morning, Lord, to feel your presence. I pray that you would speak to us and through me, Lord, to give the words to these people that you've put on my heart and my spirit. And I pray, God, that every spirit that raises itself up against the knowledge of God would be defeated right now. And, Lord, that our minds would be arrested to hear the word of God this morning. And, Lord, I thank you for fruit from this. And I thank you for growth, Lord, and I thank you for these people that you have chosen and called by your name this morning. Lord, we give you the glory and the honor, and we thank you for your presence that's here. And we hope and pray that our worship has been pleasing to you this morning, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Look at somebody next to you and say, it's good to see you. And we're going to get our minds right. Amen. Somebody who said that more emphatically than others to certain people. Amen. Let's read this again. Now may the God of peace, I want to see if you caught something, himself sanctify you completely. There's the word completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is going to be one of our key verses for this little series we're going to do about the mind. First and foremost, if, you, if you're taking notes, this will be called the battle, winning the battle of the mind because I don't want to talk about losing the battle of the mind. We're going to go ahead and say winning, amen? But in that, I want you to kind of put up there in your notes or along the way so you have this thought along with it of the battle of the mind. I want you to think about as well uh, living a, a, a life to your full potential. Okay? How many, I mean, I don't have to really ask this. I think we all do, but how many want to live a life to your full potential. Amen. You want to get to heaven and hear God say, you did everything that I asked you to do. You, you did everything I gave you the capacity to do. Amen. And so this, along with, with uh, the battle of the mind, when you win it, it's, it allows you to walk in your full potential. To walk, help you walk in the full calling that God has put upon your life. To be everything that God has called you to be. And we're seeing that in this scripture here. It says, he says that we would be sanctified completely. How many of us are walking around at 50%? How many of us are walking around at 20? How many of us are walking around at 70? How many of us are walking around at 98? We want 100. We want 110. 
We want to be complete in every area of our life. And God says this. He says this. Paul says this to the Thessalonians. He says that God himself can help us get there. Can't do it on our own. We talked about this Wednesday night when we were talking about depression and, and, and the world's mentality is that I look inward and I, 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 I. It's all I, amen? Everything is I. And remember, if we go back a while back to some messages in the past, when we say I, we're in the, we're in the same company as who? Satan. If you read Isaiah, when he, when he came out of, of, of heaven and was thrown down, he was saying I, 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 I. We don't need I, we need Jesus. Amen, amen? it's Jesus. We need Jesus to fill us up. How many know that if we're going to really walk completely in God, there needs to be very little of us and a lot of Jesus in us. Amen. That I would decrease so that he would increase. And so we got to get to a place that we're walking complete in the fullness of God, in the joy of God, in the peace of God, in the happiness of God. And he says he wants us to be that way and he sanctifies us. And he says that your whole spirit, soul, and body, your whole spirit, soul, and body, not just a little bit. So everybody's at different places. Everybody's in a different place in their walk. Everybody's in a different place in their understanding. But God wants us to be whole this morning. Now, one of the things that throws us off sometimes, and I'm going to be honest, it got me for a while. I wasn't really sure what it meant or didn't really have a solid understanding of it was when, when, the, when it talks about body, soul, and spirit. Those three things, body, soul, and spirit. And I want you to make sure before we move on that you understand that, that this is one of the most important things about creation, about who you and I are, because we know this morning that we serve a God who is three people. Okay, this is a huge doctrinal thing this morning when people don't believe that God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, that He is three in one, and one in three. And so if we don't understand that, then we can't understand us. Because we're made in His image. And so we understand, first and foremost, that we are a spirit. We are a spirit. Okay? We are, have a physical body, which is the last one, body. But inside of our body, we are a spirit. And our spirit is what will live forever. But what is inside of that spirit is our soul. Okay, and our soul is what makes us up inside of our spirit and our spirit and our soul is what is inside this body. Okay, and so we have to understand that per per first because that's why he says it's not a coincidence or a typo that Paul would say spirit, soul and body. What does that mean? Here's an example. You can have somebody who has it all together physically. They're very healthy. They eat healthy. They go to the gym. They work out. They don't have a lot of body fat. They have a, a very good uh, body uh, um, makeup. They're, they're, they, they take care of themselves. They don't get headaches. They have good eyes. They have good hair. They have good skin. On and on and on. They take care of their body, but their spirit or their soul might be the opposite. Okay, and then that can go the other way. And so you have people who have maybe their, their soul or their, is on track and they're really right with God and all these things, but their body's lacking. They don't take care of their body. And so God is saying, I want all three parts to be complete. And they work together and they walk hand in hand. Amen. So he says, and he wants this to be this way until what? Until the Lord Jesus Christ comes for us. So first and foremost, we've got to understand we're a three-part being. We're a three-part being, okay? Spirit, soul, and body. Now, here, here's, a, here's a way to understand that. The soul, okay? 
The soul is the horizontal way we view the world. Okay, the soul is the horizontal. That's around us, surroundings, all around me, the people around me. My soul sees the world on a horizontal place. Okay? My spirit, actually, let me, let me read something to you real quick while, while you're writing that down. Give me one second. I wasn't going to read this. Mary said in Luke 1, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. So once again, we see there two parts of Mary and, and, and talk, talking about two parts of her life. She's obviously body, but she's mentioning her spirit and her soul. Okay, And so the soul is the horizontal part that we view, and the spirit is our vertical relationship with God. Okay? The soul is how we deal with others, how we deal with the world, how we see the world. Our emotions, our mind, our will is our soul. Our spirit is with God. So we have a lot of people walking around today with two-thirds of their, of their makeup working. Because they have a spirit, they can't get away from that. And they have a soul, can't get away from that. But their spirit is not vertical to God. And so you look at people and you wonder why aren't they happy or why aren't they making it or, or maybe they think they're happy but they're really not. People that are not saved, people that don't have the joy of the Lord. We understand that the reason is because they're only two-thirds of what they're supposed to be. And they're missing the greatest part, which is the spiritual part, which is where I'm connected to God and I have a relationship with the Lord. And here's a place where a lot of people in the religious world live. Why can't I have the battle of the mind won? Because my spirit is not vertical to God. My spirit, watch this, my spirit stays in the soul area. And I make my spiritual things, those things around me. And it's not vertical because I'm religiously trying to meet a criteria of what the world has put on me. And I don't have a relationship with Jesus and so I'm only walking, again, two-thirds of what I'm supposed to be. This is, again, a, a huge chunk of people who aren't saved is in there. And then a huge chunk of people who are, are people who call themselves or even Christians or are religious, but do not have a relationship with Jesus. Okay? A relationship with Jesus. So our spirit is our relationship with the Lord. How many, how many see that so far? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. I want you to see some scriptures this morning. These are some good scriptures to understand and give a foundation about the battle of the mind. The only thing that's going to help us make good decisions is the Bible. Okay, is the word of God. It's the only thing that's going to work. If we're trying anything else, we're going to fail. And the world fails every day, all the time, all the time. All the time we fail. Okay, so we go back to thinking as we go to Hebrews 4. We go back to thinking and realizing that all day long I'm thinking. Even when I'm not trying to think. I don't know about you. I, I, I struggle turning my mind off when I go to sleep. Some people are super blessed. They hit the pillow. They're out. My wife is one of them. Seems like usually, not always, but usually in couples, there's one like that and one that's the other way. One can't go to sleep, and one hits the pillow and goes to sleep. I don't know if that's everybody, but it seems like a good amount of people that I know are like that. God bless those that hit the pillow, and they're out. Sometimes before you can even say goodnight. Amen? 
And I'm not that way. I, and especially on Saturday nights. It's worse. Amen. Especially on Thursday nights before discipleship on Friday. Anytime I'm preparing something, I can I, I go to bed. Last night I, I went to bed at 10. That's very early for me. Guess what? I didn't go to sleep till about 1. Because I lay there. And I toss and I turn. And I can't shut my mind off. And so how many know as we're thinking all day long, there's a battle going on all day long. Every day, right now, as you're in church, you have to be careful that your mind is not wandering off right now and thinking about lunch. That your mind is not wandering off and thinking about work tomorrow. That your mind is not wandering off and thinking about the bills stacked up on the table. That your mind is not wandering off to something else. We have to focus, right? This is a time where our spirit is trying to stay connected to God. And we live in a world where the world is bombarding us crazily over and over over and over with 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 things like the coke thing i said not always even bad just things just bombarding our minds to so where we don't have a clear mind where we can understand and walk in the perfect will of god okay so let's look at hebrews chapter four say amen if you're there the president's trying to get a hold of me right now president what I don't ever bring my phone up here, and I was going to use it, and I forgot. Turn your phones off. Mine's usually in there. Hebrews chapter 4. You there? All right. Actually, I got ahead of myself, but I'm going to go ahead, and we'll go there, and I'll go back. I missed a verse. You ready? For the word of God. The what? The word of God is living and powerful. Now, right before I continue, sometimes we read verses and we know them, we've heard them, but they don't make sense till we're on a subject like this. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, watch this, even to the division of soul and spirit. See there? Now that we're talking about that we're three parts, it makes a little more sense that the Word of God is trying to get inside of us and it's trying to help us understand the difference between our soul and our spirit. Okay? The things we interact with all day, every day around us, the soul and the life of the spirit living with God and how we need to be able to learn how to make sure we're walking correctly in those things. So he says, even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, that's the physical part, And then watch this. And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Okay? This is an excellent message and series for taking notes and going back and looking at these things and meditating on them and taking time to read them and really sitting down with God and saying, God, really work on this because I want you to see right now that there's a connection. As you look up at the screen, you see that head and you see that battle Uh, between Jesus and the devil over your mind, it's a daily battle. It's an everyday battle. And the question that you have to answer is, whose voice do you listen to? Okay? And many times, if you're honest, you're listening to the voice of the enemy. Okay? You're listening to the devil's demons. Now remember this morning that the devil is not omnipresent. He cannot be everywhere at every time like God is. Okay? So 
there's, there's something we really need to think about. This is important. A lot of times, and I'm guilty of it too, we, we, I was thinking about this yesterday, we blame the devil, and the devil's not even around because he can't be everywhere, and I don't think I'm important enough for the devil to bother. He's got to be somewhere else. But his demons are in my mind. His demons are whispering. He's trying to get in my head and he's trying to get me to listen to the voice. And so he sends out his legions and he sends out his demons. And, and I think many, I think they're in the flies. Amen. We know Beelzebub means Lord of the flies. Sometimes it's funny. Last, last night there was this fly in my room and he was just flying all around. Have you ever had a fly that's just extra, extra annoying? Like, like they're supposed to land. Wouldn't land. I'm, and I'd sit up, and I'd get the fly swatter, and fly by me. And I'd think, man, you're a devil. You're trying to demon. You're trying to listen to what I'm praying about or talking about. What do you get out of here, devil? <laughs> Amen. I just thought about that. Lord of the flies. He's in there. He's in my room trying to figure out what I'm going to talk about today. Amen. They're filthy. I believe they're of the devil. I believe that they embody flies, demons. Amen. That's not doctrine, but I really believe it. So squat them. Dead. With the fly swatter. So as you're listening to this voice, sometimes you do hear the voice of the demons. Of, and and that, that, that kind of sounds weird sometimes because we think, well, do I have demons? No, this, it's not the devil. It's demons. He can't be there everywhere. So he's talking. And so sometimes we, we do hear it and we do listen to it. But the key in the battle of the mind is once I've heard it and listened to it, what I do with it. Okay, this is key going forward. That's key is what I do with it when I hear it. Because okay, the temptations are all around and, and, the, and the thoughts are all around and, and things are entering our head all the time. And so we have to take those, and we'll get to that a little later, we have to take those thoughts captive. Okay? So that they don't become something we act on. Okay? Temptation is not a sin. The acting out of the temptation is a sin. Okay? And that's important as, we, as we're walking because many times the, the demons and the devil will, will convict us or, or condemn us, I should say, because of a thought we've had. And we think because we had that thought that we've already sinned. And it's, not, it's, 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 it's only a sin if you act on that in your mind and you take it further and you continue to build it and, and let it go. You have to stop that thought. You have to crush that thought. Amen? You've got to swat that fly. Amen. And kill it. Okay. So, so noticing and recognizing as we're looking at this, he says that we would be a dis- we'd have a discerner of our thoughts and intents of the heart. If we understand there's a connection directly between our thoughts, our mind, and our heart. That's why it's always a heart issue. Okay, so when someone says, you've got a heart issue, not a physical heart, you've got a heart issue, it means that there's something spiritually wrong in your spirit, your relationship with Jesus, your vertical, and the soul is overwhelming you, and you are walking and working off of what you are seeing, and what you're thinking, and and those things, and we have to get those taken care of, and again, get our eyes back up on Jesus. If you think about your walk with God, and when you ever you've fallen off or made a mistake or gotten cold or, or, or gotten carnal, it's because your eyes have gotten off Jesus and your eyes have gotten on to soul. Okay, everybody with me so far? Okay, here's another word from God in 3 John 1, 2. Write it down. You don't have to look at it for time, but I'm going to read it to you. Very important. I'm trying to show you that it's God's will that our minds would be good. He says, Beloved, I pray 
that you prosper in all things and be in health. Okay, so it's God's will that we all be healthy. It's God's will that we all prosper. Okay, it's God's will that we're blessed. It's God's will that we're fulfilled. It's God's will. He's a father. He's not a father that, as, as Jesus said, when a son asks for bread would give a stone. Okay, he's a good father. He's a loving father. And we're made in his image and he wants to bless us and he wants us to prosper. But there's always the ifs. And he says, again, I, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health. But he says, just as your soul prospers. Okay, so I will prosper in my life as my soul prospers, meaning my reaction and action and life within that, that around me, my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions. When my mind, my will, that soul, by the way, my mind, my will, and my emotions, when they get off kilter, then I'm not walking in the Spirit. When they get off, I'm not fulfilling the will of God. When they get off and they're not right and they're out of order, then I'm not going to prosper and be in health. Okay? How many understand how directly related health is to your mind? Very, very directly related. Okay? I, I, I'll give you an example. I could, start, I could start to itch right now, just like this. And if I did, it was without talking about it for a while. Some of you would start itching just because I'm itching. There's something connected to our mind. You ever been around somebody who gets hot? This man is so hot in here. You were perfectly fine. But when they said it was hot, all of a sudden you say, yeah, it is a little bit stuffy in here. And you start grabbing your shirt and you, you start feeling hot. How many understand what I'm saying? There's a connection between your mind and your health. Okay? You, you get around certain people and certain things and there's just a, there's just a re reaction that you get off of somebody else. And, and stress, anxiety, fear, doubt, all those things are directly related to your my, to your health. When you're stressed and you're anxious, it causes your blood pressure to go up. It causes bad things to happen. Matter of fact, let me read you something if you don't believe it. Early life stress, okay? We talked about this last week, your childhood, your younger years especially, not that you don't have stress when you get older, but your younger years especially, we have early life stress. We have things that happen from our youngest age of memory up to our teenage years. We're formed. You've got to understand that we are very formed in those years. We are who we are, not outside of God, of course. Our character, our personality is formed in those years. Okay, And early life stress, this study says, negatively affects the mind. Okay, negatively affects the mind. Listen, abuse, neglect, harsh or inconsistent discipline in early life increases the risk of depression, anxiety, obesity, diabetes, hypertension, and heart disease. That's a fact. That's a scientific fact. But let me throw something out there. Our past may explain why we're suffering, but we should not be using it as an excuse to stay in that bondage. Amen? So we can say, uh, hey, that, I understand why. There's, I can see some things, why I am the way I am and why things have happened. But again, it's not a reason to stay there. Amen? Let's look at another verse this morning. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself again. James chapter 1. As you go to James, I want to read a Proverbs to you.
Say amen when you get to James. Listen to what Proverbs says when we're talking about the soul and the spirit and the connection between my thoughts and my heart. Okay? As we're getting there, and I'm, I'm trying to listen to the Holy Spirit, how many have heard people say before, um, keep your heart pure? I guarantee you've heard me say that because I was discipled that, by that, and my pastor taught me that if I keep my heart pure, it's the best thing I can do. Okay, keep my heart pure. So, watch this. If I need to keep my heart pure, am I talking about my physical heart? No, I'm talking about my spiritual heart, my soul. To keep my soul clean, what do I have to do? Keep my mind clean. Okay, I can't keep my heart pure if my mind's not pure. Okay, we, we talked about this, I think, or mentioned it on Wednesday. We are what we eat. This is the old saying. You are what you think. Okay, now this isn't going into new age and moving over there to the, to the, you know, to the thoughts that they have of, of the power of the mind. All that. There's a lot of truth to that stuff, but that's not where I'm trying to go with this. I'm trying to get you to understand that however you think, that's what you're going to be. Your thought life has a lot to say about who you are, and, and your thought life has to, a lot to say about what you believe. Okay, belief, remember that faith is the evidence of things not seen. So it's something we've got to believe for that we can't see. And we, that means I've got to be winning the, the mind battle to have faith. Okay, I've got to be able to see beyond what I cannot see. And I've got to be able to win the mind battle that says, you know what? No, watch this. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm facing, no matter what situation I'm in, this Bible right here, this word of the living God is a final authority in my life, and I believe it, I'd say in my mind, I believe it, whether I see it or feel it or can touch it, it's the truth. That's how you win the mind battle, amen, is when you believe that the word of God is the final authority, and if it says it, I believe it. Regardless of the circumstances I'm facing, because remember, we talked about this a lot before, the word of God affects your circumstances. Not your circumstances affect the word of God. Remember that. The word of God, the, your circumstances cannot affect the word of God. They can't. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter how horrible it is. They are not going to change God's word. But the word of God will change your circumstances. So Proverbs 4.23 says this. Keep, you're in James though. Keep your heart Keep your heart, means guard it, with all diligence. For out of it springs what? The issues of life. Okay? So if we go back to joking around about last week and we say, man, that person's got issues. Yeah, they got heart issues. And so do you. And so do I. We're always talking about somebody else's issues. We all got issues. And they're heart issues. Right? They're heart issues. It goes back to what's in my heart, what's in my mind, what's in my spirit. Why, why, am I, why are things out of kilter? Got to get my mind right. My mind, my mind. What's going on in my mind? Lord, help me get back to the mind. Get that mind right, everything else works out. Okay? Look what James 1 says. Here's what we got to do. It's something we have to do. Right before we read this, we, we, I'm sorry for jumping around, so I'm just trying to listen. As, as the Bible said in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, he says he wants us to be complete and he wants us to be sanctified completely. Okay, sanctification is the work of God, but he works with us to sanctify us. Okay, we have to work in that. 
Not works to be saved, works to be sanctified. Regeneration is a constant, consistent, daily thing that we do. We choose every day to do right. If you choose every day to do right, if you choose every day to get up and read the word, if you choose every day to get up and pray, if you choose every day to do the right things, you're going to live a right life. There's just no way around that. But when you begin to stop doing those right things, and when you begin to stop reading the word, and when you begin to stop feeding your spirit, it's automatic that your mind is going to go back to the old way it was. And so sanctification is a work of God and his Holy Spirit together with you, allowing him to work in you, allowing him to mold you, allowing him to touch you, allowing him to do something in you that he cannot do alone. He needs your cooperation. Then he says in James 1, watch this, therefore lay aside, that sounds like last week, all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness. You got to stop and say, I'm, I'm wicked. Yes, you're born wicked. Okay? You were born in sin. We are still people who were born, we have the sickness of sin in our bloodline and we have to fight against it. Jesus saved us from it. He cleansed us from it. But we've got to what? Walk in it. He says, lay aside filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Watch this. And receive with meekness the implanted word. And here we go with this word again, which is able to save your souls. It's able to save your souls. Amen? That's a good word. So here's a statement. Victorious living... I know we all want to be victorious, is a struggle between the old man and the new man. Okay? Every day. And the more garbage, and this is why we talk so much to the younger people, to please listen. If you don't want to listen, you're, going, you're not going to listen. But when you get older, you're going to wish you'd listened. But you go ahead and do what you want to do. But if the young people will listen... And understand that the less garbage you let into your life as a young person, the less garbage you're going to have to deal with as an older person. And the more garbage you let in as a young person, the more garbage you're going to have to deal with as an old person. But we're, our problem is we only think about today. We don't think about the consequences. It's just like that person who smokes. They start smoking at 12, 13, 14 years old because they're going to do what they're going to do. But when they're 70... They stopped smoking 20 years ago, but now they're dying of cancer inside the hospital and wish they'd have stopped. They would have listened to people who said, don't smoke. Right? That's just an example. That's how we are. We're hard-headed. But we can win the battle. As a young person, you can win the battle of the mind. As a young person, you can say, you know what? I'm going to be careful what comes in. So victorious living is a struggle between the old and the new man. Watch this. It's like a dogfight. It's a dogfight. It is a dog fight every day to do right. And here's the thing. If you feed one, it becomes strong. If you starve the other, it becomes weak. So it's really an easy equation. If you're living in the spirit and you're walking according to the spirit and you're laying aside filthiness and the overflow of wickedness and you're doing what you're supposed to do, that means you're feeding your spirit. In your soul, and that means you're starving your flesh. You're starving your thought life. It's going to be stronger. It's going to win. But if you don't lay aside filthiness, if you don't lay aside the thoughts, if you don't stop them when they come in and say, nope, 
not going there, and you don't do that, then continually you're going to be feeding your flesh, and your flesh is going to win when your spirit is weak. So it's just basically, am I feeding my spirit or am I feeding my flesh? So everyone you're feeding, that's who's going to win. And you need to look at yourself. I need to look at myself. The times I'm weak is because I'm not feeding my spirit. I'm letting the garbage come in, and the garbage is everywhere. Amen. Now go to Romans chapter 12. Now, as you're getting there, here's another thing you can write down. Don't reason in the mind. Okay? Just obey the Spirit. Don't reason in the mind. Just obey the Spirit. How many know that as many thoughts as we're having during the day, the Spirit of God is trying to speak to us? Okay? If a bad thought comes in, according to what 1 Corinthians 10 says, if a bad thought comes in, God's giving me a way out. If a temptation is coming before me, God is also placing in front of me If the devil tries to throw something in there through his demonic uh, people, he throws that temptation in front of you, God's bringing a way out. So then you choose. Whichever one you choose, you're going to bear the fruit of. You're going to bear the consequences of. Every day, you have to feed feed that or starve it. Feed it or starve it. So if, if God is telling you to do something, don't reason, just obey. Why, didn't, why do I need to walk out? Why, why do I need to go do this? Don't reason, just obey. How many times, and I'm just this general question, how many times a day do we get ourselves in positions where the Holy Spirit's saying, get out, or stop looking, or don't do that, or don't go there, or don't say that, or don't think that. He's working, and then we don't listen, we reason. And what we really have to understand is, if you've been saved for any amount of time, is that God always does things different than we do. So if it sounds weird, it's probably God. If it sounds normal, it's probably us. If it sounds easy, it's probably us. If it sounds hard, it's probably God. Don't reason, just obey. Let's look at Romans 12. This is going to be another key verse for the battle of the mind. Probably the key verse for me in my years of being saved and walking with the Lord and learning to try to do this every day. Verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Okay? That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And that means it's the least we can do. Okay? Now here's the key. Verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world. Okay? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen? How are you going to prove what's the perfect will of God? How are you going to know if you're doing what you're supposed to do if you are conforming yourself to the Word of God? Well, the world says this. Well, school says this. Well, work says this. Well, so-and-so says this. Well, this Christian brother says this. No, what does the Bible say? Be not conformed to this world. 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so if you had a bad day, you need to wake up in the morning and you need to renew your mind again. Why do you think it's, you think it's just religious that we try to teach you so much and try to tell you so much to get in the Word in the morning? You think it's just something we just do to make, it's not so much just to please God. It's because we need it. We need it because we're saturated with the world of sin. And everywhere we go, it's sin, 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 bad, 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 negative, negative, negative. You want to walk positive and walk in the Spirit, you're going to have to get in the Word. You're going to have to read this Bible. You're going to have to renew your mind. You're going to have to put your hands on your head and say, Lord, I renew my mind right now in the name of Jesus. I got the mind of Christ. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Lord, remove everything in here. If you've got to do this in the car, you've got to pull over on the side of the road, whatever you've got to do, put your hands on your heads and renew your mind every day. Don't let those thoughts stay there. Don't let those thoughts have their way. Cast them out. Cut them out. Transform your mind by the renewing of your mind. Think about the garbage. Don't you take the trash out? Isn't it smell better when you take the trash out? How many know it's better if you take the trash out before it gets full? Oh, wow, I guess nobody does. Isn't it easier? The other day I tried to get the trash out. It was so full, I couldn't get it out. It was so packed in there. Could we all do that? I'll deal with it later. We all come and push it down. Push it down. Push it down. Stop elbowing that person next to you. Amen? And we just push it down. No one ever wants to empty the bag out. We just get it when it's like half full. The bags are not that expensive. Amen? Just take the bag out, throw it away. Get it out of the house and into the trash can outside. Smells better outside. Let the flies have their way outside. Amen? Get it out. Same thing with our thoughts. Same thing with our mind. Don't have a thought today and deal with it on Wednesday. Get it out. Throw it in the trash. Throw it where it belongs. If it's a good thought, put it in the place it belongs. Write it down. Right? How many know we have good thoughts too? We need to learn to categorize our thoughts. We need to learn to, when we get a thought, okay, this is a good one. Let me write this down. Let me send myself, I, I send myself text. I, I send, shh, send myself a text. And then it's there. And then I save it. And, I, and if I have a thought or a good thing, I write it down so I don't forget it. If it's bad, I throw it in the trash. And I don't think about it anymore. Okay, so we need to learn to categorize our thoughts. And as we're going through the week, throwing out the trash, keeping the good. Retain the good throughout the bad. Retain the good throughout the bad. Retain the good throughout the bad. And your mind will smell good at the end of the week. <laughs> Amen. Someone won't come around you and go, what's that smell? That's my mind. My mind stinks. Amen. Spiritually, it's a truth. My mind smells a clean mind and a pure mind, watch this, can discern, I'll close with this for this morning, can discern between the will of God and the desires of man. A clean mind. Okay? I'm going to kind of lead this into tonight. Think about this. And I hope that you come back tonight. I hope you come back Wednesday night. I hope you come every time the doors are open. Amen? When you think about this, as I say this, a clean mind, a pure mind can discern. I want you to think about this going into tonight. I believe every person in here this morning wants to walk in the will of God. In the plan that God has for us, wants to do 
I believe every single one of us, doesn't mean every single one of us do, but I believe every single one of us want to please God. Because we love Him. Okay? We all fail. We all make mistakes. We all we don't live up to what we want to, but inside of our heart of hearts, we want to serve God. We want to please God. We want to do more of God. But the flesh wins a lot of times. And that's why we're talking about this. But I think a lot of times, as I close with this thought about the will of God, a lot of times, church, we don't know the will of God. And we're saying, I don't hear his voice. I don't feel like he's talking to me. I don't feel, feel like I know what I'm supposed to do. And I hear people say that all the time. And I get to that place a lot. And you just say, what am I supposed to do? What? And the, the bottom line is, is I need to ask myself, is my mind so cluttered that I cannot discern the will of God? I need to get some stuff out of my mind. I need to throw it out, and I need to organize, and I need to get to a place where my mind is not so cluttered.